found that she had been there for a number of weeks and no one, including the tracker, understood how she managed to reach that location. An official statement read, The area is really inaccessible to anyone other than rock and mountain climbers. It's really rugged. And they said this for good reason. They themselves could not get to the body without using a helicopter to retrieve it. The park spokesman, Bob Clopine, said, The woman apparently walked into a rugged area of the park where there are no trails and the creekside granite rocks are especially slippery. The creek was rushing faster than in other years because of the huge snowpack melt. However, other park officials and some members of the police force were left with some skepticism after witnessing the area for themselves and after conducting the final investigation. Yosemite Park spokeswoman Nikra Kalagako said this, Investigators do not believe that the body could have been carried to that spot by the rushing waters because the creek is choked with debris. However, it's worth mentioning that while there was skepticism in relation to the official reasoning, searchers did not have a better theory. But the disappearance did leave some interesting and serious questions. Was this a simple case of getting lost in the woods, or was some sort of third party involved? How did she end up in a location that was determined impossible to get to and inaccessible without serious rock climbing equipment? And why didn't the dogs pick up her scent at any point during the search? Now while the National Park Service lists eight more disappearances after Jeannie, this one took place in 2005. Fifty-one-year-old Michael Allen Fissery was an experienced hiker and backpacker who had over 30 years of wilderness hiking experience and he disappeared on the 15th of June 2005. At the time, Michael had managed to obtain a wilderness permit for the backside of the Hedge Hitchy Reservoir located in Yosemite National Park. He had planned for a solo hike in which his journey would take him to Rancheria Falls, Tiltill Mountain, Lake Vernon and then to Beehive, before returning to his starting location at the Hedge Hitchy Reservoir. Michael was spotted a few times that day, but the last time he was seen was when he started to make his way north up the Pacific Crest Trail towards the Tiltill Mountain. Michael's permit expired on the 19th of June and he had not returned. Michael's family grew increasingly worried and notified the authorities when they still hadn't heard from him on the 21st of June. Authorities, park rangers, search and rescue teams from five separate counties, special dog teams and helicopters flooded the area in swift time. Together, the search parties combed on and off the trail around Michael's route and initially couldn't find anything. It's not clear how much time had passed in the search, but at some point, searchers came across Michael's backpack off the trail near Tiltill Mountain. At the time of his disappearance, Michael had a topographical map, a camera and a bottle of water. Now, things are a little bit hazy with this discovery in that some sources indicate that all items were missing. Others state that the map and water were missing. Some state that all items were present and others don't mention it at all, so that's really great. Ultimately, the backpack was found which may or may not have been missing some or all of its contents. However, what was strange about this was that despite scouring a massive radius around the backpack on foot, in the air and with specialist dog teams, Michael's location was never found. 
and at no point during the search could dogs pick up a scent. That mountain, the trail and its surrounding areas were combed by many people and no trace of him was ever found. Another oddity was that Michael seemed to have deviated from his route as per the findings of the backpack. This is something that Michael wouldn't normally do as he was said to be meticulous about his plans and with 30 years of experience, he knew very well the dangers of the land. One proposed theory was that could his deviation indicate that he was pushed in that direction? There were no signs of a struggle, so perhaps not physically, but could the presence of a third party have either blocked his path or through intimidation have moved him in that direction? Again though, it's important to clarify that the theory lies in the realm of speculation and there was no evidence present to point in that direction. Unless, if some of the contents of the backpack were missing, specifically the camera, then it could point in the direction of theft. Nevertheless, as many have pointed out, it was unusual that this experienced hiker, with many years under his belt, disappeared in the way that he did. What caused him to abandon his backpack that day? It's worth mentioning that the National Park Service spent half a million dollars on finding Michael, yet his disappearance has never been fully understood. His body, nor his clothes, have ever been found. Six years later, on June the 17th, George Penker disappeared in the park during a hike to the top of Upper Yosemite Falls. George was a deeply religious man from Hawthorne, California, and on the day of his disappearance, he was visiting the National Park with 80 members of his church group. Twenty, including George, made the decision to hike to Upper Yosemite Fall Trail while the others went elsewhere. The group was composed of various fitness levels, but all 20 individuals made it to the top at around 2.40pm without issue. It was at this time that the group decided to split into smaller parties so that they could go back down the trail at their own speed, whilst maintaining a reasonable distance from all 20 members. George was 5 foot 10, weighing 240 pounds and was said to be in a group at the back. It was during this hike that George went missing. At some point, George had fallen behind the group and no one had noticed that he was gone. When the group reformed at the start of the trail, it was said that the belief was that George must have hiked to Yosemite Valley floor by himself as they had planned to explore that area. The group weren't initially worried, but after realising that George had been gone for some time, the authorities were notified. An initial search was conducted that night around the area where George was last seen, and the rangers scoured the trail but couldn't locate him. The full-scale search operation was commenced early the following morning. Over 100 search and rescue personnel combed the area around the Yosemite Fall Trail, and they said that they had no idea where he'd gone. At this point, two helicopters were deployed with thermal imaging technology on board and they couldn't locate him. Afterwards, six search dog teams joined the search, but the dogs never picked up his scent. MammothTimes.com reported this. The search area included 70 square miles of rugged terrain ranging in elevation from 4,000 feet above sea level to 8,000 feet above sea level. There were no clues as to Penker's whereabouts. Some present said that it was odd that George seemed to have gotten lost on this trail, as the trail is said to be clear and it would be obvious if one had deviated from it. It's worth mentioning that there were no signs of a struggle or animal predation. 
no members of the group reported hearing anything to suggest that George was in trouble. No screaming, shouting, thumps, or anything of that nature. After almost one week of intensive searching, the operation was scaled back and at no point did the rangers find any indication of where he might have gone. Eight years later now, and George, nor his clothes or equipment have ever been found. Now, we're going to have to go back to 1981. I've covered this disappearance once before on the channel, but it is perhaps the most well-known disappearance in Yosemite National Park, and I feel it should be discussed in this video. According to the McCarthy News Service, 14-year-old Stacy Arras went missing on the 25th of July, 1981. This was whilst on a horseback trip with her father, George Arras, near the Sunrise High Sierra Camp, located in Yosemite National Park. This was supposed to be a nice father and daughter trip, but it quickly turned into a nightmare. Alongside Stacy and George, there were ten other members of the trip. The group had been riding on horseback for a few hours when they stopped at the camping question to stay the night. The location is approximately 3 miles southeast of the Tenaya Lake and around 1.5 miles from Sunrise Lakes. After showering and cleaning herself up, Stacy wanted to hike a short distance from the camp to take some photos of the area. Stacy asked her father if he wanted to tag along with her, but he declined and said that it was okay for her to go ahead. The last conversation the pair would ever have was her father telling her to change from her flip-flops into her hiking boots. Approximately 100 yards away from the camp, a member of the group, known as Gerald Stewart, 77 years old at the time, was sitting on a rock. This was the direction Stacy was heading in as there was adult supervision nearby in the form of Gerald. Everyone present remembered witnessing Stacy and Gerald walking together on the trail. At this point, Stacy told Gerald that she was hiking to a nearby lake to take some pictures and Gerald offered to go along with her. Unfortunately, because of Gerald's age, he wasn't as fit as he used to be and he sat down somewhere along the trail. It's important to note that this was witnessed by the rest of the group and Stacy was also witnessed continuing along by herself. On July the 2nd, the Mariposa Gazette reported this. Mr. Stewart told park officials that he had spoken to a group from the direction that Stacy had taken, but they had not seen her. After hearing this, Gerald became worried and went back to camp to tell the others. A group was formed and they travelled down the trail, but they couldn't locate any sign of Stacy. The park service were immediately notified and the real search effort began. Around 150 people responded to the search. Over 60 of these individuals were with the Mountain Rescue Association. These individuals scoured the area and they couldn't find any trace as to what had happened. At first, animal predation was suspected, but the searchers could find absolutely no evidence of this at all. According to reports, the searchers did express some amount of confusion and wasn't sure where she could have gone. It was at this point that specialist dog search units were brought in alongside helicopter teams. The search lasted 11 days whilst the dogs and helicopters were deployed for 10. Despite an extensive search, the only clue found was the lens cap from Stacy's camera. This was found just inside the tree line from where she walked into the area by the lake. Stacy has never been found. In fact, no clues have ever surfaced as to where she may have gone. It's highly unlikely that Stacy had simply gotten lost as according to reports the trail is clearly marked. 
No one is really sure what took place here, and it seems as though Stacy disappeared into thin air, leaving no trace behind other than the lens cap. Could this point to some sort of struggle? Though there was no clear indication if that were the case. None of the reports mentioned disturbed ground or any sign found to suggest that this was the case. Could Stacy have intended to go missing intentionally? That also seems unlikely and again, no evidence was ever found to point in that direction. Ultimately, whatever took place here must have happened very quickly. What happened to Stacy Arras and where did she go?